The following podcast is presented to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to another week of the Panel Discussion Podcast, your home for comic book reviews of new and old books alike. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your co-hosts, alongside... Greg Knowlton. And we will be missing Chris uh, for a couple weeks. He's uh, We're very happy for him. He, him and his beautiful wife got a house, and so they're going to be focusing in their time on that. Meanwhile, me and Greg are going to hold it down here. we got a lot of fun stuff planned for the next couple weeks in his absence. Everyone knows Chris is Cosmic Ghost Color. We don't need to hide it anymore. He's I know. out in space. I know. You're the, you were stuck in the Phantom Zone for three weeks, and he's the reason you came back. That's not wrong. That's probably I, not wrong. I don't know if you know. I I said that while you were gone on every podcast. I did catch that. I did catch that. And yeah, that does make sense. Gallo is the secret hero. Um, he's the hero that we. He, he's like Ghost Rider, except the instead of a motorcycle, it's a unicycle. And he's juggling. I wanted to imagine juggling unicycle. <laughs> juggling flaming fruit. I love it. Borsa. Uh, <laughs> flaming salami sticks. <laughs> so good, so good. Uh, so we're back. Last week we did an episode of Pop Rock. We had to kind of cut it shorter than we actually did. I was a little upset, but um, for that reason, I'm no longer using the Audacity recording program or not real program program. Uh, I purchased Acid Music Studio, so now we uh, have a legit. We're dropping program. acid. We're dropping some acid today uh, and every week. Here on the panel discussion. But last week, yeah, we visited Pop Rock. It was amazing. And I spent a lot of money that I probably shouldn't have. But in hindsight, I did get a free Monday Night Nitro. <laughs> so uh, totally worth it. I got some cool Funko Pops. And I don't know, just seeing Greg's face just soak it, it all in, I think it was the best part. We've already got a plan to go back, uh, was it in the next six weeks when I finish my little like diet one of my rewards is we're gonna go to pop rock good and then we'll be there again in june 1st june 1st that's right we'll be in rochester and i will be going to pop rock for breakfast yet again a little closer yeah Ooh. there you go when you hear yourself the loudest that's that's the that's the best place to be i always hear myself the loudest <laughs> and the other voices too and the other voice <laughs> oh god um <laughs> before we go any further uh very special announcement Myself and everybody at the BICBP Radio Network are putting together a podcast convention right here uh, in Niagara Falls, New York, in western New York, the 716. It is going to be at the Frontier Fire Hall, August 3rd, 2176 Liberty Drive. And uh, it's gonna, the con is going to run from about 10 to 6, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it's going to feature a bunch of local local podcasters, some vendors, and it's going to be a good time, good place for some you know, exposure and, and a chance for people to network, meet new other meet other podcasters, meet new listeners, and if they're smart enough, sell some merchandise and make some moolah. Oh, yeah. So we got a lot of interest already, and it's it's going to be it's, – it's coming to be really good. We still got a couple months, but uh, I am super, super stoked to uh, – you know, be putting this together with my team. It's, uh, yeah, I like I wanted to be here, like now, but at the same time, I'm willing and ready to 
go through and and make sure this is done just right. It, by the time it's around the corner, we're gonna wish we had more more time. Oh, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt, dude. There's so much to do, so much to do. But uh, all right, so this week, our topic, as we do when there's big releases coming out, is going to be covering the new Captain Marvel. It's gonna be the Captain Marvel special. Oh yeah. Essentially, we have the movie coming out. By the time this airs, it'll be the following Thursday. Comes out and I'll be there Friday night. Will you? Nine thirty. Tickets are already bought. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'll probably do Friday night. It depends on when Amy's working. We'll see. I'm, I know she wants to see it. Uh, and she's you know she's chopping at the bit. She you know she's into the whole girl power thing. Yeah. And it's it's pretty cool. I mean it, it is. It, this is the first like female lead superhero. Um, and there's in, in a movie. There's been others. Yeah. Um, obviously like Elektra and. For sure, and well, and here's my thing that I love, and you know me, I'm I'm very opinionated. Yeah. But I love that she is Brie Larson. Isn't your typical, you know, female heroine? Like, look at Elektra, look at Wonder Woman. Like, there's so much skin. They're you know, you're you're like supermodel esque. Right. Right. Um, characters, and I think Brie Larson. Well, she is very pretty. She's in very great shape. Gorgeous. Yeah. Is pretty average body style and shape wise she's in a pretty what's the word modest costume that's still sick like she just looks like another superhero yeah and and i love that and i'm really excited i i i know like they focus a lot on the 90s as well which i'm super pumped about but i just think this is going to be um not to the same extent but in the general idea of what Black Panther was yes for the African American community. I think Captain Marvel will be to a point for the female superhero fan community. Yeah, I mean, it it is a big deal. I mean, the MC, MCU, the you know a lot of the the female audience has been you know dying for a female lead. Yeah, uh, with their own movie, they've been, they've been clamoring. They want Black Widow. Uh, we are getting that, but it, it didn't happen soon enough. I feel like it was a, it's going to happen, but I think it was a missed opportunity that they could have gotten one of the first three. I phases. still think Captain Marvel is going to be the better one. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, because the better choice, in my opinion, because like Black Widow, we've already seen her in her lingerie on on screen, like, and I don't know. To me, just being who I am, like, I'd rather see. Captain Marvel as this just tough, badass female. So show that she can go with the guys. You and know what that, I mean? Yeah, she doesn't have to stand out as like this, the sexualized character. I just right, think that's right. super important. I don't know. No, I, I, I completely agree. That that's a, you know, that's a complaint too. Um, you know, that, that a lot of people have is that the, yeah, every time a woman is featured in a movie. Yeah. Uh, mostly male cast. They are sexualized. Yep. So, I, yeah, I think it is great. And this is going to be really cool. Obviously, I think, well, we all know Captain Marvel is going to play a huge part in um, Avengers Endgame. Yep. And this is pretty much the precursor story to it, even though it does take place in the 90s. I'm really excited because I love 90s. I mean, I grew up in the 90s. Uh, oh, yeah. 90s culture is huge. I mean, they showed in the first trailer, they, they showed Blockbuster. and it doesn't get tear. It, it, it doesn't get much more 90s than that. You know what I mean? It's oh yeah, it's it. I'm super pumped for just this movie in general, and just thinking more and more about it. Like, like I said before, we've seen what the first thirty like clips from the first thirty minutes of Endgame. Twenty minutes. Twenty they, minutes. They never. Yeah, they said they only showed clips for the first twenty minutes. We haven't even seen her yet in Endgame. I know. 
I know. They, like, Regal Cinema showed off their uh, those special buckets mm. and stuff. You've seen that. We posted it on our Facebook page. Um, and it had it was Captain Marvel looking one way and Thanos on the other side looking the other way. So, oh man, we're, we're I and the, this <laughs> and and a lot of like Marvel fans can agree with me here. I think the thing I'm most excited for for this movie is the Stinger, like because I know it's going to have huge Endgame implications. Oh, I know. So I can't wait for that after credit scene to be like, what? What do I get? It's only a mo- we're we're in the two month countdown. Yeah, We're yeah, we are now at this point. Countdown. This is March now, so yeah. yeah. We've got a month and 27 days, because this is recording is March 1st. We've got a month and 27 days from this recording. That's crazy. <laughs> Dude, it came here so quick. I know, I I'm thought, so like, oh, it's going to be forever to wait for Endgame, and now I'm like, oh man, it's right around the corner. <laughs> this month is going to take forever, but still, it's right here. <laughs> I do. I can't believe they haven't released uh, pre-sale tickets yet for Endgame. I think they're scared of breaking like the box office too fast, and I also think they wanted people to like. I think we'll get uh, a week of Captain Marvel, and then probably after that, once people have spent their money to see the movie and it does well in the box office, then they'll go, "Okay, now you can go to our other movie." True. <laughs> yeah, they, there's probably some added hype in there, because I mean, not to delve too much at Endgame. This is you know Captain Marvel, but. Um, this doesn't feel as hype like it. People are excited, but it doesn't feel as hyped up as like Infinity War was. It's so hard. But I to think feel it's. That way. It, I think it's that's their plan. Yeah. I think it's their plan, and I mean, hopefully, it doesn't backfire. I don't think it will, but um, people are people are excited for this whole process. And with like Infinity War, where the last hour you were just like, oh no, what is happening? That's gonna be the first hour of Endgame. <laughs> so it's so hard to be excited. Just be like. My heart's going to be broken for like yeah, an we hour don't know. of this three-hour movie. Three hour, I, do we know the runtime for Captain Marvel yet? I'm, I'm assuming like 2.20. That would be I m- think it's the same as uh, Thor Ragnarok. That's, oh. what I, that's what I read. Somewhere's online. Which is about two-something. Two I think it was two and a half. Yeah, which is great. That's a perfect runtime for this movie. That means there's going to be a ton. Um, and with what we haven't seen much of Captain Marvel either. It feels like we've seen a lot. But I honestly have this opinion that we might get a little more of the future than just in the stinger. But I don't know. I could be totally wrong. uh, Two hours, four minutes. 124 minutes. Oh, shorter than I thought. So So maybe not. Two hours is still decent time um, to get stuff in. But yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I'm excited. Marvel's been... Go ahead. No, no, you don't. I'll probably jump a little ahead. You say what you got to say. I was just going to say, and the scrolls in this, I think, are going to have a lasting effect on the next phase. I am excited for the scrolls. I'm a huge fan of the the scroll race and everything that they've done for. They've been a part of in the comic books. They produced some, you know, huge rivals of the the Fantastic Four and, you know, eventually the Avengers and just about everybody with the, you know, the scroll invasion. But uh, Marvel did a good job of. Bringing those characters to, I don't know, just make them feel like they made a whole race of beings that that felt like important. You know what I mean? Every t- you just you like you know you read on their history and they they just have some unique characters like and the, the Kree are the same way. Like Scroll and the Kree, they're just constantly great you know lore. at odds. And yeah, great lore. I think that's the most important thing too is that there's so much to read on. If you just wanted to sit on like a Wikipedia page and read up on the Scrolls. Uh, you could, and it would not be difficult to find that information at all. Quick news break, real quick. I just thought of this before I forget. Uh, I was reading this week 
that the Disney Fox deal is like approaching the finish line. It's supposed to be the middle of this month. Yeah, they're so they're really close to closing this. So I feel like they've probably already shot some stuff for Endgame, having with implications of that, like hoping this deal gets closed. Um, so I think we might see some some implications of this Fox close in Endgame. I hope so. Most likely in a stinger, nothing more. Yeah. But still. And, and who knows? The, the Marvel, Feige, and the Russo brothers have been so good at keeping secrets. And I think that's... like I We saw a ton of stuff for Infinity War, a lot of secrets. Yeah. But Endgame, like... They've just given us nothing. Nothing at all. And I don't, like, I feel like Car- Captain Marvel's going to get, like, even what it gives us still will be nothing. Yeah. Like, it'll be enough to get us excited, and that's it. That's it. Little tease. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Fox deal, though, too, the last X-Men, uh, Dark Phoenix, well, the Dark Phoenix trailer came out. It's essentially just a ripoff of Last Stand. It's exactly a ripoff. It's, even down to the red, like, yeah, trench I know. coat. It's weird. It's like they're trying to... Because that was like, that movie, X-Men Last Stand was the shits. It was yeah, there one. There like three good things in that movie and that was it. Yeah, maybe that. And <laughs> so this seems like a retelling of it, but I am i don't care for it. But I was kind of hoping it got canceled. Me too. Same thing with like New Mutants at this point. As much as I was excited for the cast of that, I would rather see New Mutants on Hulu and like, like a Runaways style TV show, right? Uh, that'd be my opinion, but I digress. <laughs> All right, so back to the main topic of today. Captain Marvel uh, has been there's been a bunch of different people behind yeah. the the persona. Uh, the first appearance of Captain Marvel, well, Marvel was of Marvel, the Cree. Uh, yep, from Marvel Superheroes number twelve, December nineteen sixty seven. And since then, Marvel has been taken on the mantle, as well as Monica Rambeau, um, Genus Vell, Phyla Vell, some dude with a K in his name, I can't pronounce it. Kellogg's? <laughs> yes. Novar, and uh, most recently, and you know, the one the movie is going to be about, uh, Carol Danvers. So it's, it's had a interesting history, because it was not the original Captain Marvel. And Carol was Miss Marvel before that. That's right. Um, who was directly affected by Marvel and trained by Marvel, but she was Miss Marvel. Totally different suit, same set of powers, same person. And then that mantle since has been passed on to Kamala Khan, who's got a totally different set of powers. She's a polymorph and can just like change the size of her fists. Yeah. So the power you most see her doing is like <laughs> turning her fists into like the size of the Hulk and just crushing people. Um, somewhat fanta- Mr. fantastic but a little different. Right, Like, right. stretchy. She can just change shape and size. Um, so that, that, you've seen that bounce and the suit bounce, but now Carol is Captain Marvel. Um, and she's labeled, I love this, she's the Earth's Mightiest Hero. You've always seen, like, the Avengers as Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. She is she the is. Mightiest hero, hero. Whether you like it or not, she is. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, the thing with Captain Marvel 2, which is interesting, and I, I I read to Greg before we started, was about the rights of the name and the publication thing. Because, let's see, I'm going to read on the Wikipedia page. Following a trial in which DC Comics sued Fawcett Comics for breach of copyright, claiming Fawcett's 
Captain Marvel was too similar to Superman, the latter stopped publishing Captain Marvel. In the late 1960s, Marvel gained the trademark Captain Marvel with their first series. To to retain their trademark, Marvel has had to publish a Captain Marvel title at least once every two years since, leading to a number of ongoing series, limited series, and one-shots, featuring a range of characters using the Captain Marvel alias. I find that to be interesting, that, um, that they have to do that. To retain the character rights. That's yeah. crazy. And that doesn't even mention at one point Shazam was Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah, I know. So Wild. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but that's... I like it. it. It it always felt weird to me that DC had a Captain Marvel character, like... Or just had the name Marvel. Like, it felt like they were just, like, poking fun at them. Like, ha, ha, ha. They might have. They probably were. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, they were. Uh, but we're we're here to talk mostly about. Uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about everybody. We're going to review some comics of you know any right. I think you have a couple different ones. Or are they all Carol? They're all Carol. Okay. I, I didn't do anything on Marvel okay. or Camilla. We all have uh, that then. But Carol Danvers, her first appearance, and I found the clip the the little comic strip too. It was um, her first appearance was a Marvel Superheroes number thirteen of March nineteen sixty eight. And long blonde hair. I mean, who who wouldn't know? She just she didn't wasn't didn't have her, any powers, and yep. she was just simplistic. She was just there. And she it's was kinda, a security guard. Yes, and I think it's the coolest thing that, um, you know, coolest thing that what Carol was to become, yep. especially in the MCU or well Marvel Comics um, generally. Um. Trying to see some other stuff here. Her her costume has changed so much. She's changed. We were talking about this too. Carol was Miss Marvel. She was binary. Yes. She was Warbird, and then ultimately Captain Marvel. And now her current suit is even referred to as the binary suit. Um, and her suit has changed. The comic I'm gonna read her as Miss Marvel looks a like. A little bit like her current outfit, right? Um, just she's wearing a crop top and and underoos, but still, it's pretty close <laughs> otherwise. But then she wore this like, um, like one piece bathing suit with a lightning bolt and a sash for a little bit. Yeah, that had like Shazam feeling, and then her outfit changed again, and now she still has like. She has that suit with, like, the star on it, like this original one, but she still really retained the sash. She's got almost, like, a military outfit, which is cool. Like, so her outfit's changed a lot, um, and she's changed a lot. And my favorite part is, so the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, had this iconic, like, fin on his helmet. And to keep that trend, they do the mohawk um, with Carol, where it, like, her helmet, like her hair sticks out of it and she has a mohawk. But the best part of that is when her cosmic powers like kick in, it's like her mohawk is like this fiery red mohawk and it's so cool. Like it's literally <laughs> got fire coming out of it. I love it. They you see it if you've ever played like um oh, what game is it? Marvel vs. Capcom three, like the newest run. Yeah. They do it when she like powers up and I just think it looks so cool. <laughs> so I'm, I'm and I've we've seen it a little bit in the trailer as well. Yeah, we did. We did. She's had a, you know, quite the the cool publication history because, like we did say, she's had different, uh, in wrestling terms, gimmicks, yeah, so to sure. speak. But um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't 
Rogue get her ability to fly and from her. Yes, she did. That's and they illustrated that in the old X Men cartoon, I believe. But and in, it was in the comics as well. They did do that um, in the comics. Okay. She like had grabbed her hand and like that's where she got her powers because Carol's powers were were alien. Like they transferred differently over to Rogue. Yeah, which was kind of interesting and like per- they were more permanent than any other power Rogue's ever taken. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought that was a cool dynamic. I didn't know that before, but I remember rewatching the cartoon. I was like, "Wait a second, yep, that's crazy." And um, I would love. This is a personal thought. I know we we're talking more than we're getting into comics, but that's okay because we don't have Gullo to read sound effects. No, <laughs> <laughs> pow, kachang. <laughs> <laughs> I would love. The more and more I've been reading and thinking about it, I think it'd be so cool um, because of the dynamic and the similarities to do to see like a DC Marvel crossover. Of Carol and Hal Jordan. Ooh. Both cosmic powers, both pilots. From Earth, yeah. From Earth with similar, like, troublesome abilities. They both came across a ship or machine that gave them their powers and then had to be trained by an alien. Right. Super similar, super cool. Um, And they both have these troubled pasts where they've bounced between characters and changed who they were. And they've both worked for galactic... Um, space police, essentially. Right. So I just think it would be really cool to see them more team up than anything. Um, they both are these like very rowdy, uh, like quick witted, kind of, kind of like rough around the edges. They both always like have something to say, and they're kind of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and they both love pop culture, like all of this stuff. Like I think it would just be a really interesting dynamic. They really are like similar characters if you really broke them down like Carol's the female version of Hal and Hal's the male version of Carol right like right. in a lot of ways which like again Hal Jordan's my favorite character so I think that's so cool that and would I would be just cool. love to see that dynamic on like on paper all right yeah you probably out. never happened in a movie unfortunately but definitely I think there's a better chance of a comic book I oh, yeah. would I would read that in a heartbeat it'd be cool it would be um Car- Carol's too is another you know she's she's Battled a lot of stuff, a lot of demons in, yeah. throughout the comic books. I, I read an an Avengers compilation, and the entire time she was struggling with alcoholism, yep. and it, it was a big factor. It was hurting her, and and like it got into her into arguments with Captain America because people were noticing things about her, and she was just yeah, she was just not in a good place throughout it. But that's been a common theme throughout it too. I don't know if the movie's going to explore it at all. Probably not. No. I've always yeah, I find it interesting she's this like cosmic character, but always dealt with a lot of down to earth problems. Yes. And I, I've kinda loved that. Like in 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 more realistic ways. But she's very much like the the dominant character in a lot of her relationships but she's that female who's like because she's this dominant character has trouble like keeping with a lot of guys and going through relationships but not in a promiscuous manner right and i've always liked that about her and like she's always had these different issues um trouble even though she's and this is her hal jordan another hal jordan similarity even though she's military she's always had trouble with authority like <laughs> and she's an authority figure of her own later on like I, it, she's always been this like very down to earth different female character and stood out in that way yeah the you know the writers and whatnot have done a really good job uh, with her throughout the years and of course the other incarnations of marvel um we're going to get into our comic book review yeah uh i'll start off i'm going to start off with uh this one, actually, both my books 
were not Captain Marvel uh, self-titled books, but uh, they were they had some interesting dynamics to them. This one is Civil War Two, and this is the first uh, the first issue of it. Uh, I was a big fan of Civil War One, and we talked to Greg a little bit about it. But um, Civil War Two was something I was like, oh, this looks kind of cheesy, but. And Greg is not the biggest fan of Civil War Two, from what he's told. But I, I, I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to give it a shot. Um, so here we go. We're starting off, and this this character is running away, which his name is Ulysses. He's running away, and he's stopped by the Inhumans. Big group of them, Medusa, and looks like Crystal, and a few other characters there. Turn the page over, and now there we are shown... A couple weeks later, there's a big battle going on. It's a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of superheroes. You got Tony Stark and Iron Man, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Sam Wilson is Captain America, um, Kamala Khan is Marvel, and let's see, there's Nova, and a few bunch. They're, they're battling this giant, like, celestial in the middle of Manhattan, and... Out comes, they got female Thorin here. And, yeah, they're all battling. There's a huge team of, of people. It's all like the Inhumans. And and just all these different superheroes. Now, help me with this, uh, Greg. Were Peter Parker Spider-Man and Miles Morales Spider-Man kind of going at the same time? Yeah. Okay. At this point, uh, so this is... The Young Avengers crew that's around, so it's, it's that's not Dick Ryder. Okay. Uh, Nova, that's Sam Alexander, and then you've got Jane Foster, Thor. I believe that's Jane Foster. It might be the younger one. Um, it's bounced a couple times. Okay. The female, and but yeah, so they've got like the younger crew of Avengers that is also around. That's now the champions. Um, and a lot. Of, there was like at this point, there was literally like six Avengers teams going on. There was a force and the Uncanny Avengers. Right. And, Okay. Yeah, I was confused because there was two different Spider-Man costumes, and I didn't realize that they went Parker and Morales went at the same time. So that's something I learned. Yeah, because he's from a different uni- He's from the Ultimate Universe. True. They just brought him over. Okay. All right. Very good. Um. So here they are. They're battling these giant space. Uh. These kind of goons. You got Old Man Logan in the shot, and there's Carol and, and Iron Man kind of talking and in mid-battle, and here comes some. Uh, Got a, like a group of sorcerers, the Scarlet Witch, Hellstrom, Doctor Voodoo, Wiccan, Shaman, and Magic, and they do some group spell that banishes the Celestial and closes off the portal to Earth. So they go to, uh, they go have a like a post party, essentially at Stark Tower, and because the Inhumans warned everybody about the impending doom. Uh, everyone was prepared, and that's why they were able to fight off the Celestials. And Tony Stark wants to, him and some others want to know why. How did the Inhumans know ahead of time? And Medusa and the Inhumans, you know, reveal Ulysses. And he has this, um, he came into contact with the Turgeon Mist and has this ability to look forward in time to impending dangers. And the only person who questions it is... Tony Stark, which is interesting, and they rag on him for it. They, you know, hey, aren't you a futurist and and this and that? And um, he makes a good, you know, good point. You have an inhuman with a power to predict possible future events. We have no idea what his deal is. Um, 
and plus he pointed out that you know they can pr- predict future events, but you know that future didn't happen. You know what I mean? They 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 ended it and they they stopped this guy, but the whole time Captain Marvel and Tony Stark are in a debate and and to, you know Tony's just like no this I, I don't trust it. it it's not right it's dangerous to have this kind of knowledge ahead of time and later on it gets proven that um we show that goes to three weeks later that to new uh, Adelon I think that's how you pronounce it Attilan Adelon um and Ulysses is having spazzes out something's going on. And then it goes to Tony Stark's laboratory. And Tony's just standing there. And Mary Jane Watson comes in and goes, you know, Tony, hey, it's Rhodey. And Stark goes, he's here? And Mary Jane goes, he's gone. And he goes and, and flies to uh, the Triskelion, the headquarters, the Ultimates, and sees that Rhodey is dead. And he wants to know what happened. And it was ends up being revealed that um, it is because Captain Marvel used that Ulysses, his futuristic powers, and they predicted that the Thanos, they, they seen something going on with Thanos. And, and so they went and had a, made a preemptive attack on Thanos. And it ended up in um, She-Hulk being severely injured, and I believe she, yeah, she croaks at the end of this. And, um, yeah, Rhodey's death, and everybody's just banged up, super injured. And um, Tony's pissed. He's he's hated. Um, and the, the visual of him just, like, he legit, like, punched a hole through War Machine. It was uh, pretty crazy. But Tony Tony's not happy. And, um, you know, he's like, why was he there? And she's like, he volunteered and this and that. And he goes, he's like, you're not allowed to say her name and and, and whatnot. And at the at the very end, she all croaks, but you can tell it's the beginning of 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 something something big. Obviously, it should. It, you know that the cover of t- like a team Iron Man versus Team Captain Marvel is on the horizon. But um, actually, I I mean, I liked it. I, I if it was named something else. Maybe like it, it wouldn't. I'm not gonna say it bothered me because I know Greg, you didn't like the fact that it was, you know, you didn't think it was like Civil War, like qual. I think to- it was Civil War. I just think it was one. Like honestly, it feels like they swapped roles. Like that's totally a Tony Stark thing. Like he always has been the one that's wanted to be in control of the future. Yeah. So it seems weird to me that. Like, he wouldn't agree with using Ulysses. I think he would be the guy to do it. That was how the first Civil War started in the first place, is he wanted everything to be in control so they could see what was happening next. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I, there's just certain things. It's so hard because I love Bendis. I love Bendis, who wrote this. Like, he's one of my favorites. Um, but it, it, it's just not... There's a lot about it. it. It just felt forced. It didn't feel as, like, as natural. Um in like the original Civil War, there was a ton of things that happened to lead up to those comic books. Right. Like they used a lot of different storylines. This one, it just feel, felt like, hey, we need to do another Civil War because the movie's coming out soon. Right. And so that's that, and that's really what that was. So that's a little bit of the bummer with that. But it it was definitely. Um, I've read the whole thing. It has led to my favorite Hulk run that's currently going on because of some events in that story. Okay. But. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. There's just some things about it that like bug me. I guess. No, that's fair. I mean, you're you're probably more of a comic book aficionado than I am. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was an interesting storyline this Ulysses character, but nothing will ever beat the very first Civil War. Exactly. I'm. Uh, I told you earlier too. I'm more of a traditionalist when it when it comes to certain things, like the way they were originally done. Kind of. That's that's the way I like them. I yeah. like characters and stories and stuff like. I know I'm a big fan of the original two Secret Wars. You said you like the new Secret I Wars love better. The new so, Secret Wars. But I, like I said before, with that too, I'm a huge Doom mark, and if you like Secret Wars, like the new one, Doom just shines so well. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I got some catching up to do. But anyways, uh, before we get too far sidetracked, uh, I'm gonna review this comic book as we always do on five categories: art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. We base them all on a scores of ten. We add them up, and that's your final grade. Really doesn't mean a whole lot, but the higher the number, the better it is. So, for artwork, I am a fan of 90s is my my go-to. 80s, 90s, that early stuff. But this one is, I don't know, I, I just like the shading with it. The, this modern style graphic, it, when done right, it's um, it's really effective, and it looks really good. Like there's a, the shot of that Avengers team of you know Panther and, and all them. They're fighting Thanos, and it just looks amazing. It looks amazing, and almost yeah, it just has a realistic feel to it while still being a comic book you know cartoon. So I'm gonna give the artwork a nine. It started off. As far as action goes, quite a bit of action to go around. Started off with the battle of the Celestials, and it showed the clip you know of. You know, of them battling Thanos and, and all the you know the gruesome death that Rhodey suffered. From an action standpoint, I'm going to go... I'm going to go an 8. Not a, bless you. Thank you. Um, story. The setup was... Uh, I mean, it's definitely a setup book, but it was one of the better... I mean, one of the better setup books sure. I think I've read. And it was very... I mean... It was very well-rounded, as you're going to see in the score I'm, I'm going to give it. But it was definitely one of the better first first reads that I've ever had. I've read a lot of doozies that were slow, slow starters. And this one was definitely not that. For story, I'm going to give an 8. Dialogue, super easy to follow. Um, plenty of it. Plenty of it to go around. And... and and again, it, it's so cool reading these books, and we say it time in and time out. You know, after seeing the movies, you know the actors and, and their voices and stuff. And, and that's all I, like, I, I pretty much read an MCU book. Or, like, an MCU. For sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. You know, and so I, I read Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. voice. I read Captain Marvel and Brie Larson voice. Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales voice. Uh, Doctor Strange and Benedict Cumberbatch. So that was, I mean, that was really nice. It, it, it's a cool little touch to it. I'm going to give the dialogue an 8. And Rereadability this is the last one. I thought it was good. It was lengthy. I like lengthy comic books. Um, that I I think like a lengthy comic book helps with the rereadability score. It always does. If it's like a really quick one, then I probably won't pick it up again. But this one has enough to it, and there's a lot of cool images. Um cool dialogue just 
yeah, just cool scenery to really soak in. So for rereadability, I'm going to give it an 8, bringing it a score of 41 out of 50 for Civil War Two, issue number one. I like it. Not bad. All right, Greg, your first book. My first book is actually uh, a Miss Marvel. Uh, it is from January 1st of 1977. Um, it is one of her like first solo appearances, which is kind of cool. So I will hop into it. There is a group of um, gangsters just outside of a like a bank, just shooting it up, trying to take all this money. And all of a sudden, this woman, um, this woman flies in and reveals to be Miss <laughs> Marvel. And I, I love the old language, like, like who is that? And she's like, I don't know, some dame in a costume. <laughs> uh, and she. And he goes, oh, she, what's up? She's flying. She goes, I can do more than fly, friend, and punches him. Uh, <laughs> and it goes through, and they, she, <laughs> catch this, the first panel, this is awesome. She, um, they try to get away in their getaway car, and she actually picks up the car and slams on the ground so hard that they pop out through the roof. Uh, and she actually, she has like a spider sense in a way. Where someone goes to shoot at her and she like sees it in her seventh son, she says, and dodges out of the way. Um, she takes them all down. But while she does this, Scorpion, a.k.a. Mac Garrett again, is actually robbing the bank himself um, and like patting himself on the back for hiring these thugs to distract her or to distract like the cops and everything. Um, she takes them down and flies away and Mac gets away without anyone seeing her. Uh, and she shows back up, and she's actually this whole first panel, and I think this is awesome. This whole first, like this first couple panels, is revealed that um, Carol Danvers and uh, J. Jonah Jameson actually just watched all of that happen on a film reel, and they're talking about it, which is kind of cool, like a cool little segue. <laughs> um, and he's talking about how he wants to hire her to take over for his women's magazine that isn't doing so well right now. Um, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't know anything about that stuff. So he's trying to find someone else to do it. Um, and he wants her to write a, basically a smash piece on this new female superhero, um, to try to get some people involved. Uh, usually you don't see Joan Jameson get pushed around. Carol, like, picks on Jonah, like stands up for herself really well. She talks about uh, how she's just starting as a writer. Um, she worked in security field or as a, in the security field and she couldn't capture Captain Marvel. Um, and that's why she's no longer doing that job. But they're going back and forth and he, she keeps asking for money and he keeps dancing around it. And she's, and, and at the time, this is a lot of money. So this is the seventies. He offers her $22,000 salary. She goes, no, I want 30. What year was that? I'm gonna do my inflation. Seventy seven. Seventy seven. Twenty two thousand? Yep. Or he offers her twenty thousand. She she goes, No, thirty. He goes, twenty two. She goes, thirty. And he keeps going and she goes, I want thirty. And finally he gives into it. Um and she but she also goes, and as far as diets and recipes go, I'm not talking about those things in the in the magazine. Whew. How much was in 1977, $30,000 $30, is the equivalent of $124,000. Dang. And $609. Cents, or no, one, $124,609. And then, yeah, $0.90. Cents. So Carol walks in and is making bank. 
Peter Parker could barely afford his apartment, and he's like <laughs> an award-winning person for the Bugle at this point. Um, and speaking of which, she actually bumps into Mary Jane and Peter. Peter literally is just there, says hi, and bounces. Um, she, he, he like sees him, and all that happens is Mary Jane goes, "Say hello to the lady, Pete." She, he goes, "Low lady," and just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she talks to Mary Jane, hangs out with a little bit, as well as uh, Mac actually gets away and is like complaining about that creep Jay Jonah Joan Jameson, um, and meets with this like doctor, doc Professor Kerwin Corman, who sold weapons to Hydra, um, and he gives him this like key in exchange for the money he just stole. Carol passes out while she's like having uh, lunch with Mary Jane and just like something's going on. You don't really know what yet. Meanwhile, James Jermison gets attacked by Scorpion and um, Carol is called in to fly into action and find out what's going on. She actually meets with, with Joe Robertson and he tells her what's going on and she f- finds Scorpion and he has – Jameson all set up to be dropped into a vat of acid. Classic. <laughs> and uh, he's talking about how like he was hired as a private eye to take out or to find like find out about Peter and find out why Peter or how Peter was getting these awesome Spider-Man pictures by Jameson. But then Jameson decided to just use Garrigan to kill Spider-Man. I actually didn't know this part of his story in the comics. I didn't know this was part of it. But Jameson actually like paid Garrigan to go to a set of doctors and be turned into the Scorpion. Oh, yeah, he paid for the whole thing. I the didn't realize The suit and everything. That. Oh, no? Yeah, I had no idea. That's that's why Garrigan like, absolutely hates him, because he can never get him out of the I suit. I must have forgot that. Like, I didn't realize that. I, I Maybe I knew that was in the show, but I did not realize that was a comic book storyline. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel special now. There's, like, nothing I can get past yeah, you, and I finally cool. got something on you. That was cool. <laughs> um, so, he yeah, he's trying to kill him for that reason. And then he goes to plug in this key. Well, actually, all the key does is make Garrett, make Jameson get dropped in the acid. It seems kind of anticlimactic. I thought it was going to be something crazier. I was like, oh, it must be some key that like unlocks special powers or blah, blah, blah. Nope. <laughs> Captain Marvel uh, shows up and rips off this door to use it as a shield against this laser security, flies in and starts beating the crud out of... Um, scorpion and actually brings him down uh there's so many like weird one-liners and um she while she's punching him in the face she's like she's talking about how uh she has the powers of the kree race and she's um she has the powers of a warrior born again like She's just remembering this stuff. like So she's actually like forgotten a lot of who she was and how she's gotten her power, similar to what we're going to see. Yeah. And she's remembering it while she's punching him in the face. She's like, my memories are coming back like like a fog rolling away. And she's, <laughs> she's fighting. It's super weird. Um, she ultimately takes him down and actually throws him into the acid. So he runs away like covered in acid um, and saves Jameson. Uh, and that is where it ends. Super weird. <laughs> I really liked it. It was fun. Uh, especially, I don't read too many old comics that often. To be no, honest. you if don't. I don't dive into the older stuff. Some, I, up until recently, I had trouble like getting past the old artwork. Um, I'm, I've grown out of that now, and I actually really love the old like 70s and 80s artwork now. It's so good. 
uh, it's taken me a long time to get there, but I re- think reading that Daredevil Doom comic kind of got me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this was fun. I'll get into it. Uh, art, the art's awesome. There's some weird panels like of the burglars. They they have clearly have pantyhose over their face, it, but it makes like you can Matt can see this. You can't, but it makes their fate like the artwork looks super weird. That <laughs> like, is different. Yeah, it like they do this weird thing where they like draw the the way they draw them just looks awkward. Uh, but I love the art otherwise. I really enjoy the way it looks. I'm gonna give the art a ten because like I said, it's growing on me. Um, and it's just so expertly drawn for this time. Wow. Action. Uh, I'm going to give the action an eight. There was a ton. The fight in the beginning, but I love the fight between her and Scorpion was like maybe not even panels, but like six full pages long. It's different, too. I think that's a cool thing because that's like one one thing you'd never expect to see in a comic book is Scorpion and Captain or Ms. Marvel. Excuse me. Yeah. And she like he like puts up like a heck of a fight like. I really liked Scorpion. That's why I'm so upset I didn't know that. <laughs> Scorpion was probably my favorite Spider-Man villain from the TV show. Yeah. And I love, like, Venom Mac Garrigan. I loved when he got the Venom suit. Did you... Um, did you have you played the new Spider-Man game yet? I have not. Oh, yeah. You I just, you just I've sampled played, it like, here. five minutes here because I'm oh, on Oh, my God. That's right. Because Xbox got to, Master Race. Scorpion looks amazing in it. I have, I have to check He looks out. so... He looks, like, really cool. Like... I mean, not to not to get in the way, but you you remember when like the the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, where everyone was kind of getting like these high these like high tech suit like yeah. Green Goblin and and some of the toy Even lines like were like like Vulture really cool right now for yeah for Vulture's like, a perfect one yeah. Uh, Rhino yeah you know what I mean this was like a Scorpion in the new Spider Man game had like a really really high tech suit with like. He was just all lit up, and he was just huge, like ginormous. I really like Matt Garrigan. I'm so bummed I didn't know that. But I love <laughs> Matt Garrigan. I really like. He's one of the coolest villains, I think. And yeah. That, that, that's why I actually wasn't crazy about the way he was introduced. Um, oh, in the MCU. In yeah. the MCU, because it was just like, oh, he's a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they, I hope he gets redeemed. I hope um, so too. We all do. But yeah, so this was cool, and like I said, it was a really long fight. So I'm going to give the action an eight. Art, action, story. Yep. <laughs> I have to do this every time. I know. It's fine. I do the same thing with my ABCs still. <laughs> uh, the story was actually really good. It was really well done. Um, it was a great way to introduce Miss Marvel and like introduce her into this like Spider-Man world. And I, I just loved they, – they took plenty of time explaining everything. I'm going to give this story an eight as well. All right. Dialogue. It's that seventies dialogue. You, actually, you said they said dame and stuff. Dame too. Like, and friend. That's awesome. I'm actually not gonna give the dialogue a super high score because it's a little cheesy for me. Um, but it also there's a, so much of it, and I wasn't crazy about her like in the middle of the fight doing like this superhero monologue. Like I remember. So I'm gonna give it a six. I'm not gonna go super low. Okay. But I'm gonna give it a six. Rereadability wise, though, this is a cool book. Like I said, old books are starting to grow on me. I'd actually, uh, I would definitely recommend this to people to be like, hey, look, this is one of the first like Carol Danvers solo runs. Um, get to know this character a little bit. Uh, I will, I will give this a seven for that. Okay. Um, this is a fun book, and like I said, I I really enjoyed it. I think it really introduces her, uh, and seeing the parallels to the movie already, where with the memory stuff, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, thirty nine out of fifty. Woo, thirty nine out of fifty. So, very good. All right, my last book of the day. Of your entire life. 
of this entire show. Um, <gasps> I know. Never. From July of 2012, her first appearance as Captain Marvel, uh, officially Captain Marvel, was in Avenging Spider-Man number nine. And... I like how they did like the intro because like the first the first inside page or like they, you know they describe Spider Man and, and and like brief history but you know for Captain Mar- Marvels for Carol Danvers it goes when adorable U S Air Force officer Cur- Colonel Carol Danvers but they crossed out adorable uh, was caught in the explosion of an alien device with the Kree warrior Captain Marvel Carol's genetic code was irreversibly altered granting her the power to fly incredible. Power to fly, incredible strength, and an ability to harness and project energy. The two were allies for a time until Captain Marvel lost his life. Now Carol has chosen to take up the mantle in his honor. She's an intergalactic, uh, they cross out girl, <laughs> adventurer, uh, a space-faring superheroine, and an Avenger. She's Earth's mightiest and cutest. The And cutest is crossed off. She goes, what? She goes... I guess this whacker. I'm going to choke you if you don't take this crap out. Yeah, and that's uh, like, Danvers. Yeah, it's like breaking so the fourth wall in a way. Like, yeah. Well, it's saying no. it's saying what Captain Marvel is. Like that's I was what she is. Earlier. Just a bad, bad she's chick. Breaking that like I'm a female superhero stereotype yes. and just being a superhero. Which is I love that. And it's you can see it in her character. I don't, I I think Brie Larson's going to capture it. I don't think you saw it so well in this. You kind of did in the first one I read. But that was definitely a different time period. Yes, but even <laughs> then, like her battling with Jameson, like I want thirty thousand dollars a year. You get to see Carol's this like tough as nails character. She's not your your typical like female portrayed. And I think like similar to what Wonder Woman is, but even more so. Right, right, without a doubt. All right, it starts off at a like a, a private airport. Uh, it's Carol Danvers and Peter Parker, and Carol knows that Peter is. Spider-Man in this. Uh, they take off because Carol has a, she has her own plane she just recently bought. And as they're flying, they get attacked by some some girl and flying with some flying, like a jetpack thing. And, and yeah, she attacks the mini plane. I don't think her name was ever revealed in this jet book. Jetpack girl. Jetpack girl. <laughs> well, she kind of has this, she goes through this phase where she's trying to figure out her superhero name. It kind of reminds me of Carol, like, she doesn't, has no recollection of who she is, but it gets interesting. Um, but this girl, she bumps into the plane, and, and it triggers Carol, and she's like, and Spider-Man's like, hey, can you go do your Captain Marvel thing? And she goes, no, I just bought this plane. I'm not going out there. Uh, so Spider-Man suits up. He goes, and her jetpack is fought, is messed up, and, and he webs her. He, he tries to save her. Um, but the whole time, yeah, she doesn't know her name. She, ta- she sounds like super... just confused the whole time Um, he goes hey lady what's your name she goes I don't have a name yet I mean I've got a name I must have everybody's got a name I think I just don't have a name name what you know I'm toying with the American is that taken Uh, and Spider-Man just goes I'm going to die with a maniac swell (laughs) Uh, so as they're standing because Spider-Man and this this girl are on the wing of the plane uh, they notice there's a missile incoming and you know they Spider-Man helps the plane you know avoid it, and now they're kind of in the city now. The girl, she like, well no, they jump off the plane, and Carol's trying to bring it down, and you come to well, P- 
Peter thinks he's like a bankrupt. She she thinks of herself as like Robin Hood, and she kind of alters the letters around a little bit. She thinks that's her name. It's like R O B Y N. That becomes her name. <laughs> oh, does it really? Yep. Oh, okay. Because um, she gets really cool at the end of this. But um, Carol lands, and then she ends up fighting a giant, uh, a robot. And it's actually a person in a robot suit eventually, but it's associated with some police department. But um, there's a big fight, but they uh, Spider-Man turns in this girl, this Robin Hood, and then she gets all crazy. The um, The robot shoots something, at, shoots a blast at her, because yes, they accuse her of being Robin Hood. And then she gets up and she has like these she's like flying and she's got like fire glowing from her eyes like it's um yeah she goes i am robin hood champion of the people whatever force they use against me i return to them a hundredfold and she gets up and a huge um battle is about to ensue they don't get into it but she this confused girl suddenly becomes the aggressor and then um, it says, to be continued. And then at the bottom, Carol goes, I hope this whole Captain Marvel thing works out better for me than it did for the last guy. <laughs> Which I really I really enjoyed. Um, so that was Captain Marvel's first appearance, well, Carol Danvers' first appearance as Captain Marvel. Um, in the review, artwork. Uh, not my favorite, but... Um, it's a little bit more bright. Like if you played Ultimate Mortal Kombat, or not, not Mortal Kombat, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Excuse yeah, yeah, yeah. me. It looks like it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, like more cartoony. Than yes. Comic-y, which is, is a difference. Yeah. Surprisingly, it's hard to like explain it, but that that's the best way too. Um. <laughs> so our work, I'm gonna give. I'm not overly fond of it, but I'm gonna give a seven. Action. Mm. Decent, you know, action. It was it was mostly Captain Marvel being the aggressor, fighting with this guy in the robot suit that's associated with the police department, but it was very, very minimal. Um, so I'm going to give that a 7 as well. Story. Um, a little confused at first. You know, let's see what why they're flying in a plane and and who this girl was and, and, and why the missile was being shot at him, but... The end kind of has me like I'm interested in this Robin Hood girl and and you know why was she confused and why all of a sudden is she you know have these powers and and just completely different person I it, I am interested in that fact I'm gonna give the story an eight dialogue real fun um, Robin Hood when she was confused I I found to be you know a little humorous. And like I said, it, it kind of reminded me of somebody with like amnesia, kind of like Captain Marvel was when, you know, she didn't she didn't know who she was. So I'm going to give the dialogue an 8. And rereadability? Uh, I mean, it was it was an average book. It wasn't so special. I never, I never even heard of the Avenging Spider-Man run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little surprised by it, but it, there have been a lot of different Spider-Man runs. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 7. I'm going to give the rereadability a 7. It wasn't horrible, but it was, it was kind of middle of the pack. Uh, bring, giving it a score of 37 out of 50. So so what did you You thought that book was all right, right? It was all right, yeah. It was better than average. <laughs> so ironically, that book is 
anywhere from three hundred to six hundred dollars. Really, on the market, it is very highly regarded. Ten point oh, great. Well, it's probably just because it's the first appearance of Captain Marvel. It, it is, yeah. That's part of it. It's the first time she's in that suit and, and stuff, and that's part of it. But uh, there's a lot to it, yeah. And that Avenging Spider-Man run was it was very short. It was two thousand and twelve, but it's very interesting. Wow, six hundred dollar, probably ten point oh grade. Yeah, three fifty is the average, and then it can go up to six. Damn. Yeah. I'm glad you looked that up. That's yeah. that's a cool little. <laughs> I always that's look that up. <laughs> I I do see like if I get like a comic book, I'm like, oh, I wonder how much this is worth. I'll go look up like a comic book calculator, and most of them are like worth like three, four dollars. Yeah. Well, I had that one that Doctor Fate I hated that ended up being forty bucks. Yeah. That uh, that or he Simpsons. said he said she said O.J. Simpson one was uh. I was like, man, I got this for a steal. It's only fifty cents, and it was only worth like a dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was there anything special? That Simpsons was a hundred dollars. I got yeah. that for well, I got that for free. But yeah, yeah, you were telling me. I was like, man, these. Because I remember saying, man, I hate when things write on their their books, collect you know, collector's edition. Because it, it's never. It's just a. It's. I feel like it's just a like a a grab to to buy stuff. But that was actually worth something. <laughs> it was a funny thing. But all right, Greg. Take us home. Okay, see ya. No. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so this is my uh, another number one, 2014 uh, Captain Marvel. It's from the Marvel Now runs. Um, and let's hop into it. Da, da, da. We see Captain Marvel landing on Planet Urso 4 in the Marachino outpost. It's not Marachino. That's Jerry's. <laughs> Maniacino outpost. <laughs> Uh, and she's actually with a team, so she's actually she's got a cool little team. She's got this robot with her, um, Tick, who is told to stuck with her, Jackie, B, and Gill, um, and she's leading. The one looks like like an Asgardian, possibly. Uh, another guy's like this huge bull of a man with horns, and then this robot. And then Tick is this small like um, girl with a hood up, and she's got like blonde. Or not blonde, green skin. I don't know why I said blonde skin. With the heck? <laughs> uh, and they're on this different planet, and they're just talking about it and talking about what their mission is. And there's like a group of Spartax security behind them, which is cool if you know anything about Spartax. They're actually um, Peter Quill is half part part half of that. That's his his race. Yeah, Spart- yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that in the old man uh, Quill book. Yep, yep. He's and he actually is the emperor of Spartax. Yes. So kind of cool. I want to review that book too eventually. Oh, they're so good. Um, but so they're there, and she's actually buying, going to buy this fruit, and Tick tells her like, "No, that's an aphrodisiac. I would not eat that." <laughs> uh, and they come across this guy, and they they talk about how it's like a planet that they possibly betrayed or something. And as this is happening, the Spartax actually attack them, and. Or, well, approach them, and Captain Marvel goes, these are not the droids you're looking for. And just go, what? And she goes, that was worth a try. Throws the fruit in the fruit in their face and just get into a huge fight. Um, she tackles this guy down, and as she does, he yells for the like for everyone to stop them because they're with the Galactic Alliance, and a huge brawl breaks out. Uh, and then the ship comes down to save Captain Marvel, um, and she goes, no, I can't leave without Tick. Tick throws something up to her that she catches, um, looks like it's what they're there for, but actually gets lost in the scrum. Uh, and then it cuts back to six weeks earlier, where they're Captain Marvel and the Iron Patriot, uh, who is Rhodey at the time, are 
safe, uh, attacking. Uh, there's this like bomb they think approaching, and um, Brody says like, "Let me inter- let me scan it before you intercept." And she goes, "No, if it's gonna blow, I'm gonna get it as far away as possible," and throws it. <laughs> he goes, "Okay, well, that's not a nuke." And she goes, "Please don't be a nuke." He goes, "It's not a nuke." There's people in there. There's no projectiles at all. There's a person in there, and you just throw it to land inside somebody's house in New Jersey. <laughs> so she flies after it and catches it, um, and they say to call sword. And as they're going through, they actually see this person, which turns out to be Tick, the that green girl that's with her later. Um, and it cuts over, and she's in her home, uh, and she's talking. Her home is actually the or not, wow. I just forgot the name. The Statue of Liberty. There we go. You forgot the Statue of Liberty. I almost said Empire State Building. I was like, that's not it. Communist. She's living inside the Statue of Liberty, and she's actually like reading the quote from it. Um, And she goes, what did you always want to be? And she actually doesn't have her memory here, like all of it. She doesn't remember what she wanted to be. Okay. Uh, But she says, I wanted to be, I think, an Olympic gold medalist, astronaut, veterinarian, teacher, storyteller, marine biologist. Um and this little girl comes forward who's Kit, her biggest fan, who's actually living with her. Um, and they're talking about how they rescued a good guy. And she actually knows who that Rhodes is. There. Like, this girl knows who all the Avengers are, all of their, like, identities and everything. <laughs> um, her and her mom are living there. And you see the star, Goose, running around in the back, background. Captain Marvel's little green. Uh, green? Why can't I talk today? I've, it is Friday. Oh, man. Her little orange cat. Uh, and they're just talking about how she thinks they're flooding her live there, and she, and she goes, "Can we have a play date with him?" And then she turns around, Iron Man is standing uh, <laughs> in the Statue of Liberty, and her suit begins to appear on her um, as she flies away with Iron Man. They're talking about how Iron Man wants to, like, he tells her who the girl is, the green girl, and actually wants to create this. Um, new team of Avengers that strictly flies out in space and like that be their job. And he says, well, I only know the best pilot in the world to take over it. And she's like, I know you're talking about, he goes, yeah, Rhodey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is happening. This reference is awesome. Um, she goes, do you care if we, we multitask while we're talking? Uh, it seems there's like, like a crime going on. And he goes, are you kidding me? That's like asking if you like Star Wars and punching things. She goes, I like both those things. He goes, I know. <laughs> so they keep mentioning Star Wars a lot. I appreciate that. Um, they fly down and immediately, like, they're just like street level thugs. Like all they have is a gun and a crowbar and they take them out easily. Um, it's just like, as they're standing there, they like do something that causes like the thugs to like get pulled together somehow and bonk heads while they're running away. I'm not really sure. Um, but they set all this up, and they dispatch the thugs and send them away. Um, and then there's – they. she's having this birthday party for this very old woman. I'm not really sure who she is. It's her 900th birthday party. I can't figure out who it is. Uh, she's some cosmic being of some sort. Okay. Uh, and everyone – like all these different people are there, and like her ex is there, Frank. I'm not sure – if it's supposed to be Frank Castle or someone else. Hmm. Um, and her and Rhodey sneak out to make out in the back. Um, and she t- talks about how that uh, <laughs> Tony said that she's like, while they're making out, she goes, 
oh, Tony said you're a better pilot than me. He goes, I am. She goes, no, you're not. <laughs> In your dreams, don't even mess around. <laughs> he goes, well, let's talk more about this while you're um, – in a little black lace number goes shows careful your heart apparently he had like he's got like a pacemaker and having heart issues oh wow and he goes i'm like i was talking about a cocktail dress who's the one with the dirty mind she goes i am i thought we established this (laughs) (laughs) um and then they go back and forth and they're like talking about the relationship um and she says look i just really i i need to go back to space and it's actually nice because he goes like then go then like i'm I don't want to hold you down. Like, I don't want to be that person. And rather than this, like, fight and causing them to break up, it seems like it was something they brought them closer. And right. I, I enjoyed that. Um, so she decides to go off into space. And it basically ends with her, like, saying, like, I need to do this. I, I need to figure out who I am because I still don't even know. Uh, and it'll be like, um, maybe if I fly far enough, I'll be able to turn around and look at the world. And see where I belong. And she like goes into her suit and flies off in the sky. And it kind of ends there. You get a brief. This I really liked this panel. Um, it's the origin of Captain Marvel by Kit. Kit's like a 10-year-old girl. So it's like a, like a kid drew comic book <laughs> talking about her origins and how she became who she is. And that's where it ends. Okay. This is a cool book. I actually really enjoyed this book. So there's a lot to it too. Oh, yeah. Especially in that. It's, it's a number one. So it's the beginning of this run. Um, his long-haired Carol Danvers, uh, very different. So art, the art style is awesome. Uh, but I actually am gonna give it a ten, not even based off the regular art style, but I love the kid comic book in the end. It's really well drawn. Okay. And it looks like it's it doesn't look like an adult trying to do a kid's book. It looks like they like had a kid draw it, and I love it. Um, I'm gonna give the art a ten. Action, ton of action. The the fight in the beginning, then the, them capturing the nuke, um, or the person rather, not the nuke, and then another fight at the end there that was really simple and really well done. I'm gonna give the action an eight. Okay. Uh, story, very interesting story. Sets up a bunch of different characters. Really introduces you to um, Captain Marvel and what's going on, in as well as like seeing a little bit of where this book is gonna be going, and I. I usually am not a huge fan of time jumps. I think they mess up the story a little bit. <laughs> this time jump did a really good job, and it it didn't totally tell you something super relevant. Um, it set up like two totally separate storylines. You didn't just see into the future; you saw where everything was going, and like Tick is missing now. But also introduced Tick in a different way, without dragging on the story for too long. It it, it grew interest. Right. So, so I'm gonna give this story a ten. Dialogue. Dialogue was really well done. Again, it's like really showing you who Carol Danvers is. Um, I love the Kit's dialogue because it felt like it was a little kid talking. Um, I'm going to give the dialogue an 8. And then rereadability. Um, I'm going to dive into some more Captain Marvel books. I know I have a ton on my plate. My list is huge if you look at everything I'm reading right now. Uh, between Umbrella Academy and Hellboy and all sorts of stuff. But I'm going to dive in. I'm going to give the rereadability a 10. I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> you said a 10? Yeah, I really like this book. Matt just blinded me with the glare <laughs> on his phone. Um, I really enjoyed it, though. I, I really like this book more than I expected to. Good. Uh, 46 out of 50 for that book. So I'm also a very generous scorer. <laughs> no. I th- yeah. No. I've given out the most 50s on this no, show. No, I think Gallo did. Oh, now he has, but I've give, I gave out the first 50. Okay, that's true. 
I'm a little harsh. I'm bitter. I'm a, just a bitter. You're a bitter old man. I am. Old man Matt. Like it sounds like a it sounds like a terrible comic book line. Old man man. <laughs> All right, everybody. There you have it. Captain Marvel special. Uh, we hope you go and enjoy the movie. Go check it out. Um, don't let don't let people don't let media turn it into some political no, just go bullshit. Because um, I, I see a lot of Wonder Woman. So why would there be anything? I, on this? I've seen stuff, and I don't. I I hate when people try to do put insert politics and entertainment no. it pisses me off and just go and and, and see it um, there's a place for the world not for politics people are going to have different opinions of you yeah that's okay enjoy a movie anyway people are already ruining Hellboy because it's not Ron Perlman yeah and all these people that are saying this have never even read the books before <laughs> oh I know I know it's it's insane so so just enjoy a movie understand that yes there's a woman there's nothing wrong with that. No, Don't let not that at all. Deter you. Um, just enjoy it because that's what it's all about. And you may have not realized this before, but you've probably read a comic book that's changed your view on the world a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. No, we've not. probably done it. This is, I mean, this is an an important step in the MCU. Oh yeah, in the MCU storyline. And yeah, I yeah. Don't let the you know all this feminism crap. Because, um, I mean, like, I'm not a big fan of political correctness and, and all that stuff myself, but at the same time, that shouldn't matter. How are we going to change and improve as people if we yeah. can't let a, you know, if we can't accept a female lead superhero? Exactly. And, and at and, the end and of the day, like, we're both married, right? Yeah. I don't know what I'd do without my wife. And she, I know, but no. tough. <laughs> but and she's a tough, strong woman. Yeah. What's wrong with instilling that? Right. I don't. See Why can't they have that? Yeah. To identify with. Yeah. So I agree. So and, so yeah, it's hard to. You don't want to get into the political correctness, but there is, so, like, there's a, still an importance about it. That's exactly. where you have to find that. Yeah, I'm glad you. Somebody agrees with me. I don't think you know. I'm not. I don't look crazy, but um. Well, you do, but I do. I do. <laughs> I'm all. It's my day off. So I'm yeah. We're we're podcasting in our pajamas. I know I am. These are actually pajama pants and I dropped off uh I dropped Prince off at the groomers and yeah. these. I so. went I'm in my sweatpants and great gazoo socks, so we're good. You want, oh my god, I didn't even realize that. I thought they were angry birds, the pigs. And while we were you said something about old man Matt, I realized the comic book I want. Real quick. Yeah. Hydra Bob. You know Hydra Bob? He was Daredevil's side or Daredevil, Deadpool's sidekick. I cannot talk. I remember it. Bob. Yeah, okay, yes, I know. Yes, I want old man Bob. Can we get? I'm sure I think that's got to be, be a thing. I think it would be hilarious. I yes, <laughs> I want that now too. I think it'd be really great. Bob is such like a like a different character. He always reminded me of Arthur from The Tick. Uh, and like the way he is with Deadpool, I think it'd be hilarious to see him as an old man. That would be good. <laughs> If only we're gonna have to do. We got. We got to make a pitch or something. We're gonna need to call Feige. Yeah, yeah. Can make this happen. Um, next week, uh, myself, Greg. I don't think Chris will be back. Like I said, he's gonna be off for a couple weeks. We, me and me and Greg are going to do something a little different, and I'm really excited for this aspect. What we're gonna do is. Um, too bad I'm not going to tell you. You have to tune in next week. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the panel discussion and spending. <laughs> what a cliffhanger, uh, isn't it? Uh, spending today, you know, today and every week with us. We take a lot of pride in the show, and we appreciate any support you got. You can give us. Um, like I said early on the top of the show, August third, Niagara Falls, New York, Frontier Fire Hall, twenty one seventy six Liberty Drive. Uh, 
this show will have a table and we'll have a live recording as well as some other great local podcasters that are both a part of our BICBP radio network and not a part of it. So um, mark that calendar, come support, uh, and if you want, you can probably be, I know the podcast that I'm a part of, we're going to keep it a little open, so if people want to come and, and give like a five-minute spiel and be on yeah. a podcast, you are more than welcome to. So. Yeah. Bring us your favorite comic books. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And d- yeah, discuss if you want to do a comic book review. Our yeah. stuff's going to be set up at the tables all day. Yeah. And I'm I'm all about it. I'll be doing some live videos with people if they want. We'll do live videos. We got access to the internet. So um, yeah. we're going to make it. We're going to make it a good old time. So keep that in mind on behalf of Greg and myself. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion.